0: You're now listening to
1: Fundamental Fast Pitch. Welcome back, everyone. It's Mike here with Jessica Tanner and Heather Milani on the Fundamental Fast Pitch Podcast. This is episode 17 titled Simple Softball. Girls, how have you guys been doing?
2: Been doing great.
0: I'm good as well, Mike. I also have to just give you mad props because you continue to amaze me with how fast you can say fundamental fast pitch and all of the things you do in your introduction.
1: So I'm not going to lie. I'm going to pull back the curtain. Uh, the first couple episodes when I wasn't feeling well, I was talking quicker than usual to try to you know do my my thing and I couldn't do it. So I, I, I may have did a little done a little voice training to try to you know I may have actually read that when I'm just sitting around sometimes when we first started doing it to get it out and make it all smooth. I'm glad you noticed and I'm super glad that you you made a you know you made you made a point to call it out because now I got to you know tell everyone that I spent way too much time practicing a sentence um regardless <laughs> though this is simple softball. what is simple softball playing catch making routine pays, quality at bats, executing buttons, smart base running although simple softball is simple, it needs to be practiced. And I think we should start with the basic one. I think the one that, um, you know, everyone thinks when you get started, what do you do? You pick up a ball, pick up a mitt, you play catch. Uh, Heather playing catch. What do you think?
2: Yeah. Playing catch. I think it's playing catch is something that um, at least people with experience or even just a little experience kind of take for granted Um Playing catch it comes naturally to some people, but other people, um, it just really doesn't. And it's something that needs to be practiced. It doesn't mean, if it doesn't come natural to you, it doesn't mean that you, you're you not good or you can't get good at it. It just means that it needs to be practiced. Um, and even for the ones that it comes naturally, um, you can always refine and hone in on some of the finer techniques and finer points. Um, so playing catch is something that should be part of every practice. You know. Um, it's not just something you know you do to get warm to start off a practice. It's something that should be a focus of every practice. So like doing like um, around the horn or snake drill where you line up um, kind of like you're warming up, but throw one ball up, zigzag it up and down the line. Um, even just relay lines or quick throws, long toss. Do pick something, some sort of playing catch drill or activity and focus on it at every practice.
1: So I, I guess real quick, Heather, my question would be to you, you know, from a parental perspective, how do you help a, your, your kid, your, your softball player, your athlete, if you've actually never played catch before?
2: Uh, that sounds like it should be a really giant hurdle. And um, it might be a little intimidating if you've never really picked up a ball much. But honestly, um, if you're not very good at throwing the ball, which means, you know, that you might be kind of wild. Um, all that's going to do is help your player your athlete um, get better at catching because they're going to have to move and adjust their glove and and refine those techniques in order to to play catch with you Um, you know and and you know it's something that you can uh, learn and model and and do with them and and you can you know it can be a real fun thing I mean playing catch is one of my absolute favorite things to do so um we could talk all day about playing catch
1: yeah i believe i've stolen your your phrasing i believe we were at splendora when when you and your husband were playing catch and i think you guys called it your love language and i've completely just stolen that one for myself um, yeah
2: it, it might have been a way we uh connected real early on you might be right
1: i mean i remember watching you guys play catch and i was just like I'm just going to walk away because I was going to jump in. I was like, well, you know what? I'm not going to be there very long if I try to jump in. So I'm just going to let them do their thing. I sat in chair, watched you guys play catch for five minutes. You guys both worked up a nice lather and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's as funny as that sounds, I do enjoy watching people play catch. It's really weird. Um, it's kind of, it's not weird. Is it weird? It's weird. It's not weird. It's a little weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So Jess, what about making routine play? There plays? are worse things to do. Mm-hmm. This is fair. I, I, was, I was hoping one of you guys would save me from that one, Jessica. A little late, but I'll take it. Um, Thanks for the lifeline. There. Sorry.
0: What about making routine processing.
1: plays? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Because it's one of the things where I just keep talking. I told you I'm in a great mood tonight. So <laughs> how, about, how about making the routine plays, guys? Jessica, what about you?
0: Yeah, you so um, I'm going to take a step back and just say, well, we can't go make routine plays if we can't play catch. So that is truly the foundation of all things softball. Um, but in terms of reinforcing those fundamentals when when making routine plays, um, reps, 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 no matter the age, no matter the skill level, um, the the dailies are important. The the fundamental fund foundational skills, excuse me, um, the footwork drills, the the things that you're training your body and your mind to just do instinctively. Those are learned traits. So the more you do them the more comfortable you become with them, the more confident you become in doing them. And then the more second nature they become. So, When it comes to making routine plays, in terms of the actual skills, um, dailies, as many times as you can, um, forehands on grounders, backhands, drop steps uh, on outfield drills, on pop-ups, throwing drills, just everything you can do to get as many reps as possible and keeping in mind that quality is always greater than quantity. And this is something I cannot stress enough, especially to my uh my younger audiences or my parents that are trying to help their player and they the 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 idea that 200 reps um just to say that you did hey i did five buckets or 200 reps with some sort of ideology that that's going to be better than one bucket of really really good focused reps that's the wrong approach there so making sure that they're good reps they're quality reps and if you only have 10 minutes a day to spend doing, doing something, make those 10 minutes count. And you would be amazed if, if I, if I could challenge each one of like my players or just anybody listening out there to do 10 minutes worth of like playing catch a day, I think you would be absolutely amazed in like the incremental um, success and growth that your player would have just over a month's time. Pick one thing, that your player needs to get better at commit to 10 minutes, go out there and work on those fundamentals 10 minutes a day and let, and just see what happens. And I, I'm going to challenge you guys because I'm very curious to see um, the growth and kind of just what, what comes of that when it comes to just the routine place.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you can challenge yourself to get 1% better each day, that's 365% better year over year, which adds up very quickly. Um, you did talk on approach though, you know, as it pertained to making the routine plays. Um, I think the same can be a to a mental approach when, when, you know, in the batter's box, Heather, what do you think?
2: Right. So like, if we can manage to have quality at bats, every time we step in the box, that's going to advance our, our, our gameplay and the way our team plays so, so much, um, and the, that, the mental side of that is huge for quality at bats. You know, you have to step in the box with a plan, you know, um, you tr- try to be a hard out, don't don't swing. You, know, you can't swing it pitches over your head and then get upset when you didn't get a hit. Well, that's not a very good quality at bat, you know. Um, go on with the plan, uh, know what pitch you're looking for. Um, you know, your plan is gonna adjust as the, adv- as the count advances and changes, but that's a plan. Um, so quality at bat can can do a ton for um, for how the game uh, kind of plays out. And one of the things, um, aside from just the mental side of it, um, I want to touch on um, T-work. Um, t-work is such a great way to, you know, fix problems with your swing and to build that muscle memory and, uh, you know, just make sure that your swing is in tip-top shape and, and when you say tea work,
1: right, Heather, you mean like just putting a ball on the tee and working on things off the tee, like literally as it sounds.
2: Exactly. I mean, there's like there's so many like drills you can do to work on specific things. But, you know, if you're if you're a mom or dad that doesn't have a lot of experience, basically, I mean, literally setting the ball on the tee for your kid to take cut after cut, you know, focusing on what they're doing, obviously. But taking cut after cut, I mean, that is going to help them tremendously. Um, and I know a lot of, especially the younger kids, they think, oh, the, the tea is for babies, you know, that's tee ball. I don't play tee ball. Um, but the fact of the matter is that the best hitters in the world do tee work daily. So that's just something to think about. And, um, you know, don't think that tee work is going backwards. It's absolutely necessary um, to work on quality at bats.
1: I mean, it's kind of like a more controlled environment, too, right? Like a ball is not coming directly at you. You could really focus exactly. on that if you're struggling with other things. Just right. do you I have mean, anything? Gives you,
2: a chance. you, yeah, you just... a chance to work on those those every every little component of your swing without the pressure of the moving ball. I mean, it's incredibly difficult to hit a moving ball. Um, let, <laughs> you don't got to tell me,
1: <laughs> Heather. I mean, Jessica, do you have anything to add to T work or quality of bats specifically?
0: Um, yeah, so I, I just add you guys talked about like playing catch and love languages. I will I have to tell you like tea work was my absolute favorite thing because again, going back to the controlled environment. So That was for me as a player, especially as I got a little bit older and I was started to understand the game and understand myself and my swing, like T work was my outlet when I needed to fix something, when I had a bad day, when I wanted to just absolutely go like mash on the ball and take some anger out. Like that's, that's where you would find me as in a cage by myself, just putting in reps and Um, like Heather said there, it's a much more controlled environment. So that's where you go to fix the little things. Um, when you get your swing down and it's more of like a a consistent swing and then T work is just for maintenance and working on, um, contact at different pitch locations, depending on inside and outside, high, low, things like that. But T work is where you go to reset. So if you're in a slump, if your player's struggling, get them on a tee, um, work. have them work just on the swing itself. And then in terms of quality at bats stepping in, and if they have the confidence off the tee, then it just becomes a, a timing approach and a pitch selection approach, because you know, the swing is there because of the reps that you've put in off the tee. And then uh, you guys talked a little bit on quality at bats. Um, also just keep in mind as a player um, and as a coach, what's being asked of the player in that at bat, because, Um, I know that again, you guys know me. I love bunts. I love small ball, but there's a, a, a lot of negative stigma around like bunting or sacrifice bunts or things like that in terms of like Um, just like, Hey, the the big hits versus the bunting or just, just different coaching styles. Um, so when it comes to quality at bats, if as a player, if you're asked to like do a sacrifice bunt and lay a bunt down and you get your bunt down and you get thrown out at first, to me, that's a win. Like you did what was asked of you, you did your job. So making sure that you understand what a quality at bat is, um, let's say you go up and you have. Um, a 16 pitch at bat, which one of our, one of my players did, um, this, this past season, it was fantastic. Regardless of the result of that at bat, my one player just like made the pitcher throw 16 extra pitches. Her teammates got to see, um. Uh, that how that pitcher worked in different counts. They got to see your speed. We got to work on timing. So to me, that is still a quality at bat. So knowing the difference th- between a quality at bat and like expected results, because I think those are two different things.
1: Expected results from the quality at bat, or going up to a going up to your plate appearance, knowing what's being asked of you, Jessica. Which one do you think, or like I th- maybe? Th- I'm well, I following. think both.
0: I th- I think both. So. Um, going up to the plate knowing what's being asked of you and if you executed so for example sacrifice bunt hit and run um, runner at third and you hit a sack fly to the outfield that scores an RBI all fantastic quality at bats Um, when like even though the result for you as a player may not necessarily be to get on base because I know a ton of our younger players measure their own success by how many times they get on base so I just want to make sure that we're differentiating those conversation and those results um when it and like i just said you can have a, a, a 10 pitch at bat and go down swinging and strike out as a coach i'm still going to be thrilled you had a fantastic at bat you went down swinging i i have complete success you're going to have a fantastic at bat and maybe a, a different result the next time go around well i
1: find it, i find it interesting that you brought that up because you know there there, there is 21 outs in the game right and and just to to pump you up just a little bit on this one, when we're when we're at one of our tournaments, you were like telling the girls like, "Hey, relax." It was a very tight game, two very good teams. And you're like, this, "This game, this is a this is a longer game. This is a championship game. You don't have to get all your runs right now. We're trying to work the game, right?" So the sacrifice bunts and you know bunting in and of itself is such a huge and I, I go back to bunts because you just brought it up, but I mean, like. I think like you said, the younger players don't understand too. Sometimes when you're do- asking to do your job in the first, first go around, like it could be setting up your second at bat, right? Like the 16 pitcher bats, they're getting tired, seeing the pitches, like the girls are on the fence. They're seeing the girl wear down. So, I mean, okay. So just quickly to shuffle out of that one, you, you, you did mention uh bonds, you know, um sacrifices. you want to talk to everyone about how executing your bunch and how they're a part of the game and, you know, just a strategy aspect?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, Um, we talked a little bit about, um, like you said, Mike, like getting 1% better, you're getting 365% better year after year over year when it comes to bunts, um, same thing, like as a hitter what's being asked of you. Um, I, I'm a coach that I will play for one run an inning with the confidence that my pitchers and my defense can go and successfully like shut them down. So you get one, one an inning, you win the inning defense, you plan to hold them. Like that's going to give you a good competitive ball game. So especially against good teams, knowing that one run may make all the difference. Um, It's absolutely about strategy, Um, the when, the where, the who's on base, the who's up next, knowing, knowing your players, knowing who's struggling, knowing their speed, knowing where you are in the lineup, knowing um, knowing who's hot. Absolutely. Knowing who's hot that weekend and and that you have maybe a little bit more confidence in and put in like a big bat versus who's struggling a little bit, maybe not watching the ball pulling their head, maybe they have some speed. Like it's just all about knowing the situation at hand. But when it comes to executing bunts, um, I think it's also very, very important to know that like, especially in softball, um, I I'm I'm a big advocate of bunting all the way around. Me and my husband get into this all the time about bunting in baseball because it drives me nuts that more coaches don't do it. Um, but um it's part of the game. Softball is a much faster paced game. And um, it absolutely has the the ability to influence the outcome of a game by one run. And I just want to make sure when it comes to executing bunts, all of my coaches, my parents, my players out there understand that a player that is asked to bunt is not a negative thing. Um, they're not being asked to bunt because they can't hit. They're not being asked to bunt because they're not trusted. Um, it all comes down, and for me, for strategy, for knowing where we are in the lineup, how much time is left in the game, there's so many factors that come into that decision, um, and again, like we've talked in previous uh, previous episodes, if a player's struggling, and as a coach, you want to give them a little bit more confidence, uh, and just seeing the ball, and tracking, and again, building on that at bat after at bat approach, um, knowing that it is a longer game. Bunting is a good way to do that. And so understanding also, um, I know we've talked about the different types of bunts, but understanding also that, A sacrifice bunt versus a sneaky uh, bunt for a base hit are two different things. And you're asking the player to have a different approach based on what type of bunt is asked for them. So making sure that as coaches, we are explaining and teaching the different types of bunts and what is being asked of our players in those different situations.
2: I think it's important that you just said that because I think a lot of players, especially the younger ones, that don't necessarily – um, have that huge softball IQ yet and maybe don't know understand the some of the nuances and finer points of the game they don't understand just how strategic bunting is so I think as coaches it's really really important to emphasize that that fact that bunting is not a punishment or, or you know anything negative um, and, and if, if you have a player that seems to be taking it that way they uh, as coaches we should take the extra time and the extra, um, you know, effort to, to connect with that player and help them understand the strategy behind it.
1: I couldn't have said it better myself, Heather. Um, now, as bunting, it, it seems like it kind of probably ties a little bit into base running, right? I mean, it gives you the opportunity to put things in motion, put 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 girls in motion, if you will. Um, what about smart base running, Heather? And how can that, you know, how can being smart on the bases um, keep you in ballgames?
2: Right. Um, base running is is so is such an important part of the game. Um, and let's emphasize here uh, uh, that smart base running does not necessarily equal fast base running or, or vice versa. Um, so just because you're fast doesn't mean that you're a good base runner. It means you have some of the tools to become a very good base runner. Um, so being smart on the bases means, um, among other things, uh, not running into outs. Um, so knowing your situations, knowing if you have a r- runner or runners behind you, if, if you have to run or not, if it's a force or a read play. Um, so being very aware of, of the situation, the count, the outs, um, where other runners are, uh, what type of situation. As a base runner, being a smart base runner would be um, always picking up your, um, your coach, giving signs to the batter. If you don't know what the batter is doing, um, you're not going to be as prepared as you could be as a base runner. Um, so by being a smart base runner, you can absolutely steal runs because if you are, um, you know, one thing that we see a lot and we, we also do a lot is delayed steals. Um, and, and delayed steals are, are stealing on, uh, an inattentive or maybe even lazy pitcher or catcher that's not paying attention or, or, or is not covering a bag or, or what have you, um, that's smart base running and that's how you steal runs, things like that. Uh, so smart base running is absolutely an important part of the game. And, um, you know, it's it's not the flashy part of the game. It's not hitting home runs and, you know, hitting the ball over the fence. But it is absolutely a simple part of the game that can take you a real far, uh, real long way.
1: Um, Jessica, anything you want to add to that?
0: Well, first of all, I'm going to have to d- disagree with Heather because smart base running can absolutely be flashy. Um, well, I can't tell you how many times. <laughs>
2: slow and smart. Okay. That,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as a coach, those are, those are the little things that get me fired up. So uh, I know I'm, I'm one of the, the, one of the people that's on the TikToks and Instagram stories, just every, every other, um, feed is either Trey Turner slides or, um, just button runs, things like that. So, um, am go, definitely going to have to add that in there, but, I just wanted to add to smart base running um, means always knowing where the ball is. So not relying on coaches to tell you when to go or um, coaches to tell you on on things like that, like on pass balls or tagging up. So as a base runner, I think the simplest thing um, when it comes obviously to simple softball is as a base runner, you need to have your eyes on the ball. You need to know where the ball is at all times so that you can make a decision on what you're going to do without relying on anyone else. Now, obviously, the younger players, um, until they get more comfortable doing that, they're going to rely on their coaches a little bit more. But even at like ten, you. Um, second year 10 I, I want my girls to have the confidence to be watching the ball to know their speed to be making those decisions and know that if they get out or if a decision that I would have maybe done a little bit differently then that's a coaching opportunity right we get to talk about it which you guys know I love doing as well so just knowing that as a base runner your biggest job is knowing one, knowing the outs, knowing the situation, and then just keeping your eyes on the ball. So, um, couple, couple opportunities, I think for base runners to be able to, to really shine is, um, like balls thrown back to the pitcher that get flowed, or like Heather said, pitcher, catcher, not paying attention. Absolutely. Take advantage of those, especially if you're a runner at first with a runner at third, that, by taking an extra base and potentially drawing a throw gives that runner an opportunity to go home? Absolutely. Um, If you hit the ball and the ball's being thrown in uh, to a cutoff and you're running the bases, as soon as you see the throw going all the way home, looking to take two instead of holding it one. um, So just things like that, knowing where the ball is, knowing your speed and um, being ready to make those decisions on your own as a base runner, I think is really key.
1: Absolutely. And, and and like I said, I, I agree with, with all that. Um, So, I mean, in terms of smart base running as well, like I always, we're well not always, but I always, I always think, you know, when you're at third base or even when you're at first base, you know, putting plays on sometime, depending on which side you would like, I, I don't feel like a lot of the time the girls at the younger age groups on the bases are necessarily looking at the coaches, giving the batters a sign as well. And, you know, obviously, as you said, was in the younger groups, you know, we're putting plays on, putting stills in motion, putting delays in motion. But I, I really feel like the girls can learn a lot as well from from watching the plays being relayed to the to the hitters as well and trying to and kind of getting a vibe for how the team plays as well. And, and I, I think that's just smart softball. Simple softball, but I mean maybe not simple softball, but smart softball. Um and you know, is there anything else you guys would like to add to the to the end of this tack on to the end of this podcast? We got a couple dash lines down here. I don't know how much of that you want to in, incorporate here, ladies.
2: Mm -hmm. I think simple softball, like all the things we're talking about, you know, like we might have mentioned before, they may not be like the flashy things that may not be like sports center highlights, but they're the things that are going to set you up to be able to do those fun things when the opportunity presents itself. If you can't do the basic things well, then those other like awesome, super fun things are going to be very, very difficult to do.
0: Yeah. And I want to add to that too. So specifically on like throwing, um, obviously we talk about playing catch, but then that's going to set you up for different types of throws and knowing when to make those throws. So in terms of like rundowns or pickoffs or relay lines, um, just being able to do those is going to depend on the success of you just playing simple catch. Um, and also making sure to incorporate different times of, types of catch. Um, you can work on quick throws. You can work on catching the ball on the run, um, long toss, building up that, all, that arm strength, helping the girls understand different release points as they throw from shorter and, and farther distances. So making sure that, yes, we want to be playing catch, but also being sure to change it up a little bit and challenge them to learn, different things.
1: All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up over here. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Share across all of our social media platforms, please. And until next time, this was Fundamental Fast Pitch Podcast. Thanks, everyone, and have a great rest of your night.